everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lonnon. And this is Volume Up by The Tees. Hello, Salon Pro. When we say the number one professional bond building brand, what brand comes to mind? Olaplex. That's right, because they're tested, trusted, and loved by stylists worldwide. Olaplex bond building technology works on a molecular level to repair damaged and broken bonds. If you're interested in testing out these claims for yourself, you're in luck. Olaplex is partnering up with the Tees for the April Hello Salon Pro box. This means you'll receive the Olaplex full discovery kit, as well as a standalone treatment, single-use professional system for only $24.99 plus shipping, over $100 worth of products. Head to the tees.shop to subscribe for our April box, shipping every Friday starting April 15th. Kelly, we're doing something a little bit different today. <laughs> today we're going to ask each other these quick takes Ooh. because they're new-ish. Newish, I love it to this season. Yes, and you and I don't ever get to answer them, so we're going to do it. We do. Um, so f- don't think about it for too long. That's the whole point. Okay. The first question: mm-hmm. What is the first ever product that you remember owning? Mm. Wow. What do you remember asking for? What was like the thing where you're like, I've got to have this? Here's the thing: We had a lot of things in our house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your mom was this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So, I mean, I I think that I've always had some things. I have been pretty loyal to my hot rollers at an early age. I just want to say, <laughs> but the one that I really stands out is you remember the brand Nexus. In name, sure, yes. Yeah, there was some nice Nexus Humectrant shampoo and conditioner set, and it smelled like heaven. And so that's what I'm I'm giving those vibes right back at you. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, I love that. <laughs> that's kind of perfect. Um, very much on brand. Uh, are you superstitious? I actually don't know this about you. Mm. And if so, about what? Mm. Yeah, I believe I am. Oh. You know, I have this saying that the nice girl does win. So I do believe that there's some sort of karmic. Sure, sure, sure. Whoop. Karmic order something. Something order that you got to do everybody right, even if sometimes they don't do you right. And so I'm not superstitious about like little things like, did I tap the door before I left? Did I this? Did I that? But I do believe in the general sense of like, do right, do right by people. It's going to come back. I like that. Thank you. Great. <laughs> Who would play you in a biopic of your life? You know, this one's hard. And sometimes I think about, you know, the answers we get from the guests, which are always interesting. But like, mm-hmm. do they have to look like you? That's what I'm going off of. So I want to know what you, your take of it is different. But I'm going off of like, who's a doppelganger? Who could reasonably fit the bill for me is what I'm going to go for. Wow. Okay. I went the other direction. I'm curious, maybe you could say for me, but I would either want, this is pretty annoying, but three people, Reese Witherspoon, Julia Roberts, or in my older age, Diane Keaton, because I freaking love them. These are all incredible picks. (laughs) I actually do think Reese Witherspoon would be a good stand-in. But we look nothing alike. None of these people. No, but I think like she could pull off the personality. Yeah. And I would be interested in seeing she wore. She's a lovely. Maybe it could get her her Oscar, her her next Oscar. Ooh, fine. Because she wore like, she was a brunette for June Carter Cash. Oh, you're right. I don't know. I like that. I love that casting, actually. Thank you. All right, great. So three. Good picks. <laughs> uh, what do you consider to be the ultimate comfort food? Ooh, the, you know, I love, I love a good French onion soup. Okay. You weren't expecting that. That doesn't scream comfort to me. No, it's weird. But that it does for (laughs) you. I like that. I don't think we've, I've not been on the receiving end of that one 
as the comfort food pick. So we'll take it. Um, all right, last question. I can't wait. The most fun. We I always preface this for our guests, mm-hmm. which is to say, you don't have to worry about survival. Like you're not going to die on this deserted island. Oh, okay. But when you're on this deserted island, hypothetically, whatever, this magical place, mm-hmm. what are the three products that you're bringing? Really, it's just how do we get to what are the three essentials that Kelly Ellers is rocking with? What are those? Kelly Ellers needs a toothbrush. Oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs> Sorry, boring. But I don't know. Is that, I don't know if it's a beauty product. Is it? I mean, it can be dental health, oral health is important. Yeah. I mean, I need that. Okay. Okay. I also need a good hairbrush and I need some shampoo. Mm, Okay. All right. A pretty basic, basic B. These are, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. (laughs) We don't all have to go all out, especially when we're on a deserted island. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like I'm just trying to have some nice hair with no tangles and some nice teeth. That's all we can look for. (laughs) So on our last episode, we talked with Mackenzie Mintz. Mackenzie is a video content creator living in Florida. She has over 1.1 million followers on TikTok and 100,000 on Instagram with an ever-growing community. She's known for her GRWM videos, get ready with me, virtual trendy hair videos and aesthetically pleasing transitions. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volume up at thetees.com. This week, we're talking with Rookie Styles. Rookie is an Emmy-nominated hairstylist based in Chicago who crafts innovative styles for the entertainment industry. Her extensive hair education and experience have given her the expertise and skill to style all hair types, including natural and textured hair. She's an artist who communicates the producer and director's vision by using styling as a creative vehicle to bring TV and film characters alive. With over 20 years of experience, Rookie's worked with various talents, such as Golden Globe winner Aquafina, Jennifer Hudson, Lexi Underwood, and Regina Hall, while also having served as the hair department head for HBO Southside, Disney's Sneakerella, and Disney's Saturdays. All right, well, now that I've asked you the quick takes, I guess the flip is that I've got to do it. Let's do it. Okay, well, what's your first ever beauty product that you owned? So I remember being a child of the 90s myself, mm-hmm. like late 80s, LA looks gel. Yes. The hair gel. I think it was inescapable in terms of like commercials. Mm -hmm. And I remember needing that Mm -hmm. as a child. Needing it. That's good. And I also have curly hair. And so Mm. these things do not. No. But I didn't care. You needed it. And so I had my little silly spikes. Yes. With like the green gel. (laughs) I remember the green gel is what I had. That's. I love that. Okay. Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? I'm 0% superstitious, except, except that I always make a sign of the cross taking off and landing on a plane. Oh, like a psycho. I don't ever in any other, I don't, not religious. I'm not, Mm -hmm. none of it, Mm -hmm. but on a plane, interesting, like a weird headspace. And that's like my one thing, but otherwise, like what you said, that's sort of like karmic golden rule. I subscribe to that. I don't want to do anybody dirty. No. That's interesting because, you know, dare you take the chance of not doing that? Like, you don't need to find out what's on the other side. That's no, that's the thing, Kelly. And I've not, so I'm I'd like, I will, I'm notorious <laughs> for a red eye and I can like fall asleep like that. But you got to do that. But I will wake my ass up and do one of these. You're watching it on camera and be like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. And then same thing. It's like when they turn on the lights and like, oh, begin the process of it. Back you go. 20 minutes, same thing. I'm like, it's you. And then 
And off you go with all your good juju. Okay. Who would play you in a biopic of your life? So again, I personality wise, maybe not a good fit, but I am saying looks wise, Mm -hmm. somebody who could pull like me as my older self, maybe that's being kind to myself in my current age. Successions, Jeremy Strong. I feel like I like that. There's a doppelganger aspect to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I feel like I'm going to watch that show without you in my head now. I mean, I'm goofier, let's be clear, <laughs> but I think... I love his character, though, too. You're right. When you, like, split, I mean... Like a quick glance. Yep, quick glance. Wow. Yep. Okay. Yep. This is good. What do you consider the ultimate comfort food besides tequila? Oh, I mean, that's the best. Um, <laughs> nobody ever picks booze, but I mean, technically, they could. You're right. Yeah, they could. Um, so, but uh, mine's not far from yours, ultimately. Mm. So being a Marylander, which I believe that I've talked about Mm. too many times on this very podcast, Mm -hmm. um, as people from Maryland are want to do, it's crab dip. What? Like, I, I think like, no, yeah, my like dying thing would be like, I want some crab dip and like a Ritz cracker and I'm gonna. What? I feel like I don't even know you anymore. Like, yep, I know. I'm not saying that I want it all the time, (laughs) but it's like the nostalgia, the like good vibe. Like that's the thing. That's like, you just like going to create the hit of dopamine. dopamine. Yeah. It's that crab dip. Okay. Wow. Crab dip. All right. Now with extra old Bay Mm. and the people in Maryland will know what I'm talking about. I'm not wrong. All right. Now, now I know the key to your comfort. Yes. I would have thought it was a donut. I mean, that's or a Kringle sweets are, but these are like every day, <laughs> like a little treat for myself. You know, like I got through street Jeffrey, like I've got a meeting later. I'm going to get a donut, but no, a, like a crab dip homemade. Uh, yep. Uh, that's it. All right. Say you are on a deserted Island and can only bring three beauty products. What are you bringing? So I'm low maintenance. So I'm going to like a moisturizer. I need a moisturizer for this, this mug. Oh, fair. Shit. I forgot that. Shoot. But no, but see, but I'm saying we don't have to worry about survival. So I'm not going to say a sunscreen. Yeah. Like I'm assuming that there's like, you know, I'm, I'm okay. That there's, it's supplied. But it's like, what do I need to look my best self? Yeah. I want a moisturizer. I'm still on the Versed brand gel moisturizer. Oh, are you? Okay. That's what I'm into. All right. It like, yeah, I know. Um, every once in a while I'll straight, but I come back. Um, the Resos curl cream. Wow. I'm really into it. I know. Okay. I'd like a hair shampoo conditioner with curly hair. I mean, like I could probably just jump in the ocean. Yeah, no, yeah, you need it. Sort it out. But then I come back in and I've got a I, mean, I gotta touch it up. You know, I need a little bit of yeah. So I got the Resos curl cream. And then I don't know. Do I need a third? I feel like I'm good. What? You're going to forego your third pick? I'm just thinking, like, what do I need to get my shit together in the morning? And it's really like some moisturizer, like a... It's just the moisturizer and the curl cream. A good, like, brush to the eyebrow and then maybe that? I don't know. And then we're good to go. That's... That's what we're doing. I've learned way too much about you in these just five questions. There we go. Crab dip, a little brush to the brow. <laughs> these are quick takes. That's all I've got. That's all I've got. Well, I like it. Nice to get to know you. Yeah. 
You too. You know, nice to get to know you. All right, let's talk about what is trending on our site. All right. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, looking into trends, and diving into brands that you don't know but should. And here are some of our favorite headlines from the tease.com. First up, April Tech Touch-Ups. It's a brand new month, which means we've got new tech touch-ups. Mm. Who's ready for April showers? We are if they look this good. Mm-hmm. Inspired by the internet and adapted for the beauty space, check out our monthly downloadable wallpapers dubbed Tech Touch-Ups. These mobile phone backgrounds infuse a bit of fun, beauty, and new into your routine. Pick them up with a quick download on the tease.com. Kelly, mm-hmm. which one are you opting for? It better be the volume up themed tech touch-up. Yeah, of course it is. Like, I love it. I mean, I'm all about the branding, right? Down to my wallpaper on my phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We love to see it. So volume up one. Yeah. We love it. Big fans. Yeah. Go over to tease.com, download them, and then, you know, screenshot, tag us. We'd love to see it. Um, we know that people are enjoying them. Certainly we are. Love it. Uh, next up, something that has generated some controversy on the social media uh, is the article, Xmondo launches AI-powered beauty campaign for its new jewel-toned semi-permanent colors. If you had any doubt that artificial intelligence, AI, is truly the future of beauty and totally set to disrupt the industry, let Xmondo's latest campaign serve as proof. The up-and-coming hair care and color brand just launched its new jewel-toned semi-permanent colors with a breakthrough campaign powered by AI technology. Instead of using real models, the campaign utilizes CG models that have been generated using prompts fed into AI software. By doing so, Xmondo is able to visually transport customers to a new dimension of color and reinforce their signature futuristic aesthetic. As no other beauty brand has yet to embrace AI technology in this way, Xmondo is staying ahead of the curve in today's rapidly changing markets. AI models aside, Kelly, Mm -hmm. what do you think about the hair colors? I think they're beautiful. I mean, I actually like it. I think it's very pristine, very cool. And I like the use of the technology, but the colors are amazing. So kudos to Xmondo on this awesome launch. Yeah, big ups. All right, next up, and this is just around the corner. uh, The article is America's Beauty Show is Fast Approaching. Here's what you can expect from the three-day weekend. If you're planning on attending this year's America's Beauty Show in Chicago, just know that you're in for a jam-packed weekend full of unmissable professional beauty events. From April 15th to the 17th, the Salon Pro industry will be coming together during ABS weekend for four major events that not only celebrate the industry's best, but also envision its future. All of the events unite around a never-before-seen challenge that calls for an unprecedented level of industry-wide cooperation. So what can attendees expect from ABS weekend? Well... You'll have to go to these.com to figure it all out. Uh, and if you don't have tickets yet, you should definitely go ahead and do that. Um, a little birdie, and the birdie is you, so mm-hmm. you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. The Tease team is going to be there in a big way. Oh, yeah. We're coming in hot. What are you most excited about for ABS? You know, I'm excited about there is sort of a change makers event at the Beauty Changes Labs Gala on Sunday night, where a group will be coming together to announce... Essentially, industry associations will come together to announce a new campaign for recruitment, retention, and industry advocacy, which we need it. Hello, we need it. Mm -hmm. All right. So we're going to announce that on Sunday night, but also at the town hall at ABS on Monday morning as well. Hope to see everyone there. Come say hi. Yeah. Don't be a stranger. We'd love to see you. Yeah. Can't wait. 
As always, so much going on over at thetease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. All right, next up, Jeff's interview with Rookie Styles, an Emmy-nominated hairstylist based in Chicago who crafts innovative styles for the entertainment industry. Let's get after it. Rookie Styles is an Emmy-nominated hairstylist based in Chicago who crafts innovative styles for the entertainment industry. Her extensive hair education and experience have given her the expertise and skill to style all hair types, including natural and textured hair. She's an artist who communicates the producer and director's vision by using styling as a creative vehicle to bring TV and film characters alive. With over 20 years of experience, Rookie has worked with various talents such as Golden Globe winner Aquafina, Jennifer Hudson, Lexi Underwood, and Regina Hall, while also having served as the hair department head for HBO Southside, Disney's Sneakerella, and Disney's Saturdays. Today, I am joined by Rookie Styles. Rookie, welcome to the Volume Up podcast. How's it going? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm great. I'm thrilled to have you here. Rookie, for those who are not familiar, could you tell us a little bit about how you got to beauty? We'd love to hear it. How I got to beauty? Yeah, to the beauty industry. Okay. Well, I'll start with how I started doing hair. Okay. As a teenager, I had a head full of hair. Too much hair. Too much. Um, my mother could not handle it. So she sent me to the salon and it took hours for me sitting under the dryer and I got tired of it. So I grew up with my hairstylist. I was a little girl. And in high school, I guess he didn't realize that I was in high school. And so I kind of got displeased with some of the styling choices that he did for me. Mm-hmm. Um he would mound all my hair on the top of my head. And I had like a curly ponytail, like Shirley Temple. And this one day I said, I'm in high school. His face was so surprised. He was like, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. And kissed me on my forehead. And I just decided at that moment, I would rather experiment with my own hair. Mm. And so I did. I messed it up real good (laughs) (laughs) because I did not understand hair. I just was thinking about it from a styling point of view. And I started doing friends and family. Mm. And I was like, okay, I think I think I could make some money at this. So when I graduated from high school, I started hair school two days after graduation. Oh, wow. Looking back, I was really committed as a young person, Mm -hmm. a young adult to really do that. Like I forfeited my summer and went straight into the business. Wow. Um, When I got to hair school, I saw that some of the things that I was thinking in my head, like if I hold the hair at this angle, Mm -hmm. it would give me this and that. I was like, oh, my God, I was right about some of this stuff. I didn't have the terminology, but I understood it. Mm. And so I enjoyed school and I started competing student competitions and whatnot. I went from there to doing like music videos and photo shoots and I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Then um, I started doing non-surgical hair restoration Mm. because uh, my best friend was diagnosed with breast cancer and Mm. I I may interchange best friend and aunt because she was both. Okay. And um, anyway, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so that encouraged me to get training for non-surgical hair restoration. So Mm. 
I took a class for that. And um, by the time I grew the confidence and knowledge of what I was actually doing, she had regained her hair. They got um, with remission and remission. Mm. But what I learned was so many other people needed my services. So I serviced them. I serviced people with alopecia, people who were, um, you know, going through cancer treatments or any situation that would cause them to need something to kind of cover up their hair and give them back the sense of self. Mm. That's what my mission was to do. So with the knowledge of wigs and really just trying to make people look as natural as possible, it gave me an end to the theater world Mm. because I was familiar with wigs. So now I'm working on in theater. And what I didn't know at that time is I was working with, I guess, the TV season kind of died down. So all the TV people were working on theater. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I was working with all the who's who for TV. And so when the TV uh, season picked back up, one of those people reached out to me. And so then I started doing TV and then that led to film. And so here I am, one thing leading to the next, leading to the next. and. Here I am. Oh, I love that. Uh, that's such a cool journey. I, I don't think that people necessarily, and we've had lots of guests on the podcast talk about this, know how expansive the salon professional and beauty industry can be, um, like maybe never even thinking that they could get to do what you're doing now all the time, Yes. which is working on TV and movie sets, uh, which is so incredibly cool. Um, talk to us a little bit about when you mentioned starting with music videos, How how did that happen? How did you... Because that's like, it seemed like the stepping stone into working on sets. Um, what was that like? I didn't go into detail of exactly how that went, but yeah. I started out um, for my clients. I would do something a little special for them for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And it came to me, I'll do, I've done a calendar with my work on it or whatever, but I said, I'm going to do a professional photo shoot and I have my clients on there. So uh, I reached out to a photographer and we did the photo shoot and it felt so good. I was like, oh my goodness, I really, really like this. And so I talked to the photographer. I was like, so what do you think? Like, you know, and he was a little nonchalant, a little standoffish or whatever, but I kept bothering him. I said, so what do you, what do you think? I, I enjoy this. What, you know, what are your thoughts? He said, don't use people, you know, as your models. I was like, um, okay, okay, all right. Okay. No, taken, all right. Mm -hmm. So I want to use models. What do I do? Yep. And he took me on. We did several photo shoots and um, one of his clients, a rapper, Twister, he did a calendar. And so it was with some models or whatever. And so I styled for that. And it was like one thing led to another because now I'm connected to the music industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was an interesting thing, too, which is quite similar to film, the long hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like I said, one thing handed me off to the next thing. Mm. All right. Well, talking about that next thing being your longstanding work in the TV and film industry, 
what is a day in the life like? Um, so a lot of our listeners are not doing what you're doing, and I'm sure they'd be curious. You just talked about long hours, but like, walk us through a day in the life of Rookie. So it really depends on what I'm doing. Okay. So um, Rookie is, I'm speaking of myself in third person, Rookie is <laughs> an entrepreneur. So I'm working on a product, developing that, my intellectual property for mm-hmm. an invention, um, doing a mentorship at MHub, which is a creator's space helping all small businesses that may be one day another day i may be doing like if i'm working film or whatever getting up super early in the morning Mm -hmm. my call time because hair and makeup we work the longest hours because we have to be there before Mm -hmm. before we start filming we're there before the actors we get them ready um we're there after they're done to either take off their makeup, hair, to either take off their wigs or hair pieces or take their hair down or prep it for the next day. So the days can be really long. It can be 14 to 16 hours Mm. at times. Yeah, so when we hear people complain about eight-hour shifts... They don't know anything. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like eat some Wheaties or something because, like, we put that in five times a week yikes you know so I get in and I usually get to work early just to make sure that I have everything Mm -hmm. you know everything is ready to go because things happen you just never know I like to um check up like if there are wigs that needs to be done I'll make sure I have time to touch it up Mm -hmm. and just prepare for the day but majority of my day is preparing for future days Mm. like you have to be ready you have to pay attention to the schedule. So it's like a lot of scheduling, a lot of ordering, a lot of um, just overseeing a lot of things to make sure that everything goes smooth. Mm. And it's pretty busy. If it's a a show that's very wig heavy, Mm -hmm. then I'm making sure that those are ready. If we have photo doubles or if we have stunt people, that means I need a wig to match this this actor and one thing that i've been experiencing a lot within the last three years or so working on disney shows with the kids Mm -hmm. you know as creative as i can get with my ideas it's like it was a great idea until you realize you had to do a stunt person Mm -hmm. a double (laughs) a special abilities (laughs) actor you know you know it, it just comes with it like you don't think about, you know, the labor of what what type of situation you put yourself in. You're just trying to give that show the best of what you have mm. and you work around it. Would you say that the like duplication of effort is some of the hardest or, or like when you're working on a set 14 plus hours a day, like what is the hardest thing that you're experiencing? So I won't say that's the hardest, but at times it can be a challenge. It can be. Um I recently did a show that's on Disney Plus. Plug, plug, plug. (laughs) Yes. Yep. It's a skate show. And so we did a lot of doubles. And I Mm. came up with some ideas and realized, oh, my goodness, this person has to skate. If their skating ability is not up to par, 
I'm going to have to duplicate this. Mm. And so that's where I ended up, you know, I had to duplicate it. And not all the time you find out these things in advance. Some things are, you know, mm-hmm. you find out in maybe an unfavorable, you know, 11th hour or so. Mm. But, you know, you make it happen because you want to see it look good. Mm-hmm. So. I'll say it can be a challenge, but it's not the hardest thing. Mm. What is the most rewarding thing then? I mean, it sounds like what is keeping you around? Because it's it's been a long time. You're, <laughs> you've worked on some incredible stuff um, and you continue to. Thank you. Uh, so like what is lighting that, that passion for you? Two things. It is probably more than two, but it's two things that come to mind right now. Okay. One thing that I love is telling the story. Mm. I love breaking the story down and telling it. I love my contribution to the story. Mm. You know, there's props, there's wardrobe, there's all these things. And there's this person, this moving person that, you know, is giving the story and I contribute to it as well. Mm. So I enjoy giving the creator what I, I, I like to ask, like, is this close to what you envision? Mm. You know, because it's not my story. Right. You know, you're sharing your story with me, but it's not mine. You lived with it far longer than I did. You know, this person that put these words down on this piece of paper, they lived with these characters. They've gone back and forth with who they know that they are. And so I don't want to come into the equation creating something contrary to what they saw. Mm. And so it's rewarding to see that come together or even to see the creators see what I did and be pleased. Mm. You know, that that's one of them. Okay, one. The second thing that's so rewarding for me is the camaraderie of my team. Mm. I love when like those things that, sometimes happen uh maybe a last minute change maybe you know just again anything happens sometimes scenes have to be moved around and Mm -hmm. you know I'm like oh my goodness that scene was supposed to be next week so you know they want to do this today so what do you do you make it happen and sometimes there are situations that are not ideal or in real time, it's like, we can't do this. We can't do this. And then one- But you're being asked to. By the second, we can't do this. You said, <laughs> we're doing this. <laughs> we are doing this. And one thing that I'll say is all hands on deck. That means, I mean, everybody mm. who's, you know, not doing anything. And I don't mean not doing anything, but not doing something that is time, uh, you know, something that's needed right away. I need help. Let's get this together. Mm. So we have gotten some things together on the fly. And at the end of that, just knowing that production doesn't always know what we do or what we have to go through or what it takes. Mm. At the end of it, for us to be able to do a high five that we did that as that person walks out the trailer, that's everything for me. That's everything. You know, we have our own personal celebrations because we know Mm. you know and I myself being a department head I appreciate 
I appreciate it. This business, it's it's not like live entertainment, but there are moments with moments that you have to treat with urgency, mm-hmm. you know, to make the things happen. So I love that. I love that. I love when my team is learning and when they're doing. And that's 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 rewarding for me. Oh, I love that. Um, it just you've painted quite a picture. Um, I feel like everybody's going to want to be on your team now. Um, that's listening <laughs> to this podcast, the way that you're describing that, like coming together, um, but also towards that vision, which I think is such a cool thing to think through, which is you're right, like you're contributing and maybe you're doing a little bit more of the lift in terms of what it's ultimately going to look like, but it's a collaboration and you've got to have all of this input and determine like what you're going to take, what you're not going to take. Um, and I'm sure that that's not easy all the time. I mean, some people might be more opinionated than others. Um, I'd love from your perspective, like what is a a show or a look or something that you've created over the years um, that you're most proud of, or like you're just like to that moment of celebrating once the door closes to the trailer? Like what are those things for you? I probably can't make that be one thing, but Again, the situation that I was just talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, one show I was working on, and we had to do a stunt double. Mm-hmm. And I had been asking for the photo of the person so that I could be prepared. And I didn't get that. So on the day, I see the actor and I said, All hands on deck. And we got busy. We did it. Mm. And it was impressive when people saw it. They were like, Oh my God. And I just was like, this was Jesus. It was not a. <laughs> it was a higher power. It was the teamwork. <laughs> it really was. But, you know, like there are moments like that on, I could probably say on every production, not that, not the same scenario, but the same outcome of, you know, being pleased and, you know, everyone feeling like there was a part of this moment that had to happen, you know? Mm. Um, so that's one. I would say working on Sneakerella, that was another big thing. That's a great takeaway. Mm-hmm. I knew that when we were working on it, we were working on something special. And, you know, I just wanted it to translate as that. And to see Sneakerella, it was much more than what I could have envisioned. And the director, she had a vision. Mm-hmm. She had a vision. And I only had a small part of it, but I'm very proud of that. And, you know, working on that project, that was, I believe, the first project that I worked on. Our department headed in the pandemic. Mm. You know, we had to quarantine for 14 days back in those days. And, you know, just with those challenges with the pandemic and, you know, the uneasiness, everyone wanted to work. But it still was an uneasiness with, that came along with it mm-hmm. and trying to remain safe, you know, um, and we did it. You know, I'm amazed and I'm so grateful for that opportunity because that afforded me the opportunity to be nominated for an Emmy. I couldn't ask for more. Congratulations. Such a big deal. How does how does that feel? I mean, you talked about like one thing prepared you for the next thing. Um, this is a big deal. And Eminem is something to be commended. Um, how do you feel about it? I feel so it didn't feel real leading up to it. Like the weeks coming up to it, it did not feel real. It didn't feel real until we were there. And then it was like, oh, my goodness, I'm here. 
you know, how? It, it was just like walking on, on clouds. Mm. I'll say that. And now post Emmy Awards, I got to get there again. Mm. I got to get there again, you know? Yes. Oh, well, and I'm sure you will. So let's be clear. Um, Rugi, advice that you've got for, you know, somebody who's maybe thinking of trying to get into TV and film, if they maybe aspire to be an Emmy nominated hairstylist, okay. I'd love to to get your, your words of advice for them. So people reach out to me often mm-hmm. about working in the industry and people have reached out who were in school who are about to come out of school, who just got out of school. And I'm sure that they don't understand really my words, but my suggestion was to work in a salon. First. Work in a salon. Okay. Work in a salon and work on everything. Don't turn anything down. Mess up some stuff. Mm. Mess up some stuff and figure out how to fix it because the world in a trailer is having 10 ways to achieve one thing. Mm. You have to have these things in your pocket. And if you're fresh, you don't. Also, time is a very big thing. So if you're just starting, you're learning technique. It's just important. The producers, it's everything is about time. Time is money. But also, you have to be skilled because there's not going to be a show that everyone wears the same hairstyle. Mm. Someone reached out to me, um, it was a hairstylist through Instagram saying that she wanted to do some other things. And I looked at her page and everyone had the same hairstyle. So, you know, it's do some things, Mm. try some things. Don't be afraid to try things because to work on a show, it's not a client, it's a story. And you have to style based off the story. I don't care what's the trends. You may never get a chance to do that on a show. Mm. It's a possibility, depending on what the genre is, you know, the time, all of that. So just be as well-rounded as possible and take an opportunity to try and work with all textures of hair. Mm. Just be able to do anything because, like, for myself, I'd rather have a team of people that whatever I throw them, they can handle. They can handle it. Yep. Because I can't do everything. I don't want to do everything. Mm -hmm. You know, something may happen. Someone is watching their actor on set or something like that. And they can't come back. We might be working two different units, meaning two cameras filming at the same time. And someone is not able to come back and do this actor or just whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, someone could get sick. Just, you know, so it's just good for you to try to be the most well-rounded hairstylist. And if your salon does not give you opportunity for that, I mean... Search it up. Yeah. Or go places where it's needed. Mm. That way you're giving and you're getting. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So (laughs) it's ways to make it work. It's puzzle pieces. You just got to figure it out. That's all. Well, speaking of puzzle pieces, um, something you've mentioned a couple of times in your work has been wigs, which is a specialty of yours. And I'd love to talk about that because I think that it's something that is not addressed as much as it should be, Mm -hmm. um, particularly given the popularity and so many brands and product now that are geared towards wig wearing and wig care, et cetera. So 
what's your take on like what is key to be well versed in working with wigs? What is key to be well versed? Uh, first, before we get to the wigs, be well versed in all types of hair. Mm. Mic drop. <laughs> that's that's the thing because let's say you're very good with application that doesn't mean it looks good Mm. that doesn't mean it looks good so like when i was doing non-surgical care restoration my thing was to make them feel like their previous self Mm. so i paid attention to texture color density these things are important and like when i'm in the trailer with my team some things that I mentioned to them, it's the pluses and the minuses. Mm. I'll explain this to you. Yeah. The pluses and the minuses, a little takeaway, a little give. So maybe taking away a little shape, a little texture, maybe giving a little bit with density, you know, with the hairline, maybe adding a little bit more, maybe taking off a little bit more. Mm. When we're matching like, um, stump people and photo doubles. Yep. The first thing we see visually is shape. This is how we know when when it's a stunt job, we can see when it's somebody else. Yep. Right? It's shape, color, texture. Mm. So right off, from a distance, I can see if it's not the same shape. Then the next thing my eye tunes into is color. You know, that means that that wig for that stone person has to match the same color. And then as I focus in more or they get closer, I can see texture. Mm. Is it curled the same way? Does it have the same texture? Is it a curl or is it a wave? You know, these are the things. These are the pluses and the minuses. Mm. And so those are the same things that you have to pay attention to with the wig because people are different, you know. You line people up and you're going to see different situations. So mm-hmm. it's just paying attention to those things. Those little nuances is important. When you're working with wigs, um, do you have a preference in terms of make? Um, do you prefer to work with human hair? Are you big on synthetic? For I mean, does it vary, depend? Like We'd love to, to understand that from your end. So I'm not big on synthetic hair. Mm-hmm. I don't care for it. I can count the times that I've worked on a synthetic wig versus human. Why do you not like synthetic? I think I've got a, an idea, but I'd love to hear you. Same time. <laughs> it looks like garbage. What are, I mean, does it translate as well? I can't imagine that it does. It does not. Yeah. So synthetic, even with the blends that they have now, mm-hmm. they reflect light in a different way. Yep. So that was your answer. Of course. I mean, I'm on your wavelength. I'm, but you're the you're the expert. I mean, but you can always tell that like weird cheap shine on like nobody. Yeah, and if they get too hot or too warm, it it is that that you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so I just prefer not to. Better not. I can make human hair do whatever it is that I want it to do. So, in terms of. When you're on set, you're in the trailer, you've got these wigs. How are you caring for them? What are products that you go to? Um, Again, I feel like our listeners would be genuinely interested to hear from someone like you who's doing this all the time. Okay, so pretty much the same thing. It depends on the texture. Sure. Um, I'm not putting any heavy products 
down to the knots. I don't want the knots to slip mm. or, you know, I don't want the hair to shed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm careful, even when conditioning the wig, I put it on the ends, not at the base, but it really depends on how I'm styling it. Mm. I would go about it the same way as I would for a person, but I, I just don't want to get, I don't want any buildup and I want the hair to move because mm. that that's another attribute of human hair it moves it moves synthetic sometimes does not move no it does not. <laughs> so yeah again people will watch the video if, you, if you're watching on youtube you know what she did so i mean you've talked a lot about this in terms of initially working um with your bestie your auntie um who was experiencing hair loss um helping people to feel as confident, as beautiful as they did before experiencing the hair loss. And, and some of that was accomplished through pieces and wigs. Um, yes. What do you think about um, folks that are maybe experiencing that um, themselves or know someone who's going through that um, in terms of like recommending product or like places to go that specialize in wigs for that sort of thing? Like, what are your thoughts there? So anyone that's experiencing hair loss outside of um, medical, medically induced mm-hmm. alopecia, I would first tell them to go see a dermatologist, go to their physician mm-hmm. and let them send them to a dermatologist because, I mean, it's inside out usually for the most part. Yep. So, you know, I'm not a doctor. Mm-hmm. I've never been a doctor, but I can make some things, you know, we hairstylists, we can make some things happen, but Mm. sometimes we need to pay attention to our bodies because our bodies are telling us things, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And even with the hustle and bustle of how things are, you know, working and this and that, we still have to take out time for ourselves and pay attention, you know, maybe, you thought you were handling something better than what you are. And it's showing, it's showing its face there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so many things, so many illnesses that affect your hair. Yep. And so just, that's what I would say. Go, go see a doctor. Cause that could be. Get your diagnosis. An early diagnosis, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. All right. So, so let's say we've got our diagnosis. We know what's up. We're treating it as we should but want to do something about this hair loss that we're experiencing. Absolutely. Um, From your end, are there places that you would recommend? Are there sites that you go to for wigs that you love? Like anything to share with the listener who might be experiencing this? Well, I would say look around. Like everyone doesn't have to have a very expensive wig. I would say check out your local uh, wig store. Mm-hmm. That that may be suffice, mm-hmm. you know, but, but start there. Um, if you're looking for something or your, I'll say your budget can handle it. Mm-hmm. And this situation is not a temporary situation. Mm-hmm. Check out a, your local non-surgical hair restoration boutique. Mm-hmm. There are some, I'm sure in every city or that you would have access to. And the way Instagram and social media is, you can find someone. You can find someone. Yep. Yeah, you can find someone. There's a will, there's a way. There is. Because, you know, 
it's a big thing now. It's one thing that's interesting for me is that when I was doing non-surgical hair restoration, I would not dare. And it's crazy. I've done promo shoots. I've mm-hmm. taken photos. I've done videos. And I just wouldn't allow myself to post these people in their vulnerable state. Mm. And that was just that was just me. Mm. I still have the stuff. But now people, they're posting them. They're posting the people. I can't say how the client feels about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, in some of the cases, they're down for it. But it just shows how things have changed so much, mm. you know. But, yeah, so people are showing their work and just reach out. Mm. I love that. Um, Let's talk a little bit about how something else has changed, um, which is, I would say, arguably, the last like five or so years, um, the popularity of wig use um, in popular culture, quote unquote, um, which is to say outside of where it had always been popular within the Black and textured hair community. Um, Increasingly, we're seeing white celebs rocking wigs um, in ways that they hadn't previously. Um, What are your thoughts on this phenomenon that we're seeing? Are we happy, not happy, doesn't matter? What are your thoughts? So I don't think it's a phenomenon. Mm. So from my world, the industry, this is not a new thing. Just somebody spilled the beans and now everyone knows. Uh And how do you know it's a wig? If it's a bad wig, then you know that it's a wig. But if it's a good wig, how do you know? You shouldn't know. Love is so good. Exactly. Exactly. So people are just talking about it now. Mm. You know, um, extensions, that was an elite group of people that wore those things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everyone wasn't privy to that, you know? Mm-hmm. So are extensions new? Absolutely not. Nope. You know, people just didn't talk about it. Well, now that people are talking about it um, and the marketing is sort of opening up to all, as it were, um, do you feel like this is a good thing um, that now products that were maybe more expensive or less expensive because they're more popular? Like, I mean, you talked about give and take with other instances for styling. Do you feel like this openness to talking about wig and extension use is going to change things for the whole industry? I think it has. Mm. I worked on a show where Chris Rock was working on. I was day playing um, Fargo. Mm. And I wanted to tell him so bad, you changed my business. When he came out with his um, pretty much documentary, Good Hair. Good Hair, yep. Everyone started selling hair. Everyone started looking into doing these wigs. So, mm-hmm. you know, at that time, there weren't a lot of people doing that. And so it got watered down. It got watered down. If everybody is doing this thing, it's no longer exclusive. Mm. But also because everyone is doing its thing, the expected level of quality has declined. Mm. And that's the give and take. That's the plus and minuses. Mm. Because, yes, you're wearing a lace wig, but it's not of good quality, you know. But everybody wants to be a part of the new thing, the thing that's going on. So, Mm. Well, Rookie, thank you so much for your time. Um, We're not wrapped yet. We are going to get into our quick takes. um, But I want to know, what's next for you? What's on the horizon? You talked about trying to get another Emmy. I'm sure it's in the works. But (laughs) what are projects that you're working on for 2023 that you can share with the Volume Up listeners? 
So I'm working on some personal projects. Like I said, I have some intellectual property that I'm dealing with. Um, I hope to talk to you at a later date about this stuff that's going on. You're going to come on back and we'll do it? Absolutely. Um, you know, just taking some time to do that. Mm. Uh, I've recently established some looks for Disney's Pocket Watch, and I'm excited about that as well. And just looking to see what else is coming. Well, I can't wait. I'm sure it's going to be big stuff. All right, let's do our quick takes. These are the questions that we ask of all of our guests. Don't think too long. First one. Okay. What was the first ever product that you remember owning, beauty or hair, that you bought with your own money or that you were asking for that you like had to have for yourself? Hair care products, hair products. I'll tell you why. Okay. In hair school, they asked for some models mm -hmm. for the big, uh, I think at the time it was the Proud Lady Beauty Show. And I was a model and I got addicted to the product. So after doing that show, that became a product that I used. Mm, I love it. Rookie, are you superstitious? And if so, about what? I am absolutely not superstitious. Boom. You will chase me around no pole because I will try to split it. <laughs> <laughs> For real. For real. Okay. All right. Uh, um, yep. Great. If someone were to play you in a biopic, who would that be? Who would you cast? Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. And you said, don't think about it. First one that comes to mind, although you're in the industry, so I'm sure you've got, there's people you maybe don't want to play you. I'm thinking about age and everything, but I'm just going to say this because she's a bad mama jama and make it fit however you want to. Angela Bassett, that, that's, she's playing me. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. We love Angela Bassett on this podcast. Absolutely. I especially love Kiki Palmer as Angela Bassett, but Angela Bassett will, you know, the queen. Amazing. Okay. What do you consider the ultimate comfort food? My comfort meal is salmon, real vegetables, and rice. I can, if I go to a new restaurant, that's what I'm asking for. That's my go-to. I love it. Mm. Okay. I love it. I love that for you. I love that you know what you want. Okay. Last question. And I'm a caveat to this. Okay. I'm ready. Say that you're on a deserted island and you can only bring three beauty products. What are you bringing? The caveat is you don't have to worry about you're not going to starve. You're not going to die of thirst. You've got shelter. So like all of the subsistence stuff, you're good. So beauty products, what would you bring? I would bring preeminence styling mousse. Okay. I would be bring Kimra hairspray. Can I bring the Kimra line? Can I bring the, the line? Okay. We'll allow. For, for you, we will allow it. The okay, whole line. Got it. Thank you. And I would bring um, Caracare line. Boom. Oh, Rookie, thank you so much. It was a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. So excited about what's to come, but also really excited that you shared so much of your experience and sort of gave us a peek behind the curtain in the the styling trailer for TV and film. Um, come back anytime. We'd love to have you. Thank you. It was so fun. I love to come back. All right, Jeff. I mean, the 20 years of experience has paid off. I mean. Oh, for sure. Incredible. 
I mean, what a fascinating career. I just, I loved chatting with her about her journey. Yeah. It's non-traditional. There's so much that goes into what she's doing. I mean, I, again, the insights that she offered up, like, so cool. We love the non-traditional route into the industry. We love any route into this industry, right? Because it's beloved by us. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.